If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. And we're, we're working our way through and preaching our way through and enjoying our way through the Hall of Fame of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And I have really got a lot out of it this time. I guess because I need more faith. When the, when the world's falling apart, we need faith. As that song says, when there's trials and tribulation, you especially need faith. And if there's ever been trials and tribulation, it's today. And you believe all that's happening in our world and all the chaos and all the violence and all the wickedness that's manifested itself uh, in the last nine days, I guess. And um, then, of course, all this um, uh, virus. I uh, thank God that all my family is tested negative. It's the only time I ever wanted them to be negative is now. Amen. And some of y'all are negative, but it's not the virus. Amen. It's uh, you need to get positive. And that's what I want to preach on this morning. Not the power of positive thinking, but the power of positive faith. I want you to pray for our missionaries. Uh, Mark and Amy had to drive to Oklahoma to uh, raise support and awareness for Camp Rhino. And uh, it was yesterday was uh, Emily's 18th birthday. And she made them stop at the most expensive restaurant in Arkansas and, and celebrate her birthday. And that's good that she had a good attitude on her birthday being cooped up in a car all day and traveling as a missionary's uh, kid uh, to try to raise support. So pray for our missionaries. Uh, a lot of them had cancellations. I know Brother uh, Kevin probably had a cancellation today. And um, we need to pray for them because they're having a rough time. Prayed last night with a bunch of preachers and one of our missionaries, Brother Pepperdine, and he wanted to thank you for praying for his pastor. They're broken. He was a deacon there before he was a missionary. And they're really concerned about their dear pastor. And I am too. And I want to see him come through. And that's why at 5 o'clock we're going to meet virtually. And uh, we have that one password, WBC. You can't, can't mess that up. I, that was my first time last week. And we're going to use our church um, uh, account. And that way we'll have as much time as we want to. But we'll be finished by 540 praying we got a lot of urgent prayer requests, a lot of urgent prayer requests. Uh, Howard Clore is still trying to have that nerve block for his shingles in his ear. We want to continue to pray for Brother Gary. We want to pray for a full recovery. Amen. And uh, let's pray for all those that have the virus. Brother Tony Hudson and his wife have come down with it. Uh, and uh, I don't know how in the world that virus caught him as hyperactive as he is, but it did. And uh, several others are down with it. And uh, we need to pray for them. And thank God. Uh, for you being so compliant about the sitting uh, distant. I know it's not comfortable. You're not in your exact little pew, but it's necessary. And if you don't believe it, uh, check with churches that couldn't meet this morning because of the epidemic. And so I thank God for your good attitude, positive attitude uh, during this time, good giving, and a lot of work's being done. Uh, I'm telling you, you, you will not believe the children's wing when we come back together. Last week would have been our vacation Bible school. Didn't you miss it? Anybody realize that last week would have been our vacation Bible school? And all these memories keep popping up. I said, oh me. I missed that Thursday night preaching to all those older kids um, in the Bible school and seeing, seeing them saved. Missed the craft time and the, and the adult Bible study. But it's necessary and I'm sorry we had to counsel it uh, but maybe we'll get it back. And then we this morning had a couple of uh, Young ladies turned in their books uh, that Miss Connie delivered uh, for Master Club. So Master Club's still going on, and they're completing their crowns. And we're going to have a big um, award ceremony in September when we start back Master Club. We are going to start back everything. It might not be the same. I hope it's going to be better. I hope we're going to be more fervent, more faithful. And we'll uh, still probably have to have precautions, but praise God, we're not going to just just stop and just, you know, not have the bus ministry, not having Sunday school, not having children's church. We'll one day get back to that, and I'm looking forward to it. But until then, grin and bear it. If you have to wear a mask or whatever, amen, and just have a good attitude, and you have, and I thank God for it. Let's stand on the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 8. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, I want you to circle that word, called, to go out into a place which should, should after receive for an inheritance. 
obeyed. There's another word you ought to circle. And he went out not knowing whether he went. How about that? You ever been there? By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as a strange, strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. That's a great thought. With Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. How many is looking for that city? Say amen. amen. Heaven. Praise God. Think about it. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered a child when, he was, uh, when she was past age. I think over 90 is past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Listen now. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the skies is in multitude as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly, they seek a country. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the time that we have together. Lord, I long to, for this hour all week to see your people and to be around them, even though we have to be distant for a while. Lord, I thank you, dear God, for uh, the privilege uh, to pastor this good church. I pray that we'd stay together, that we'd grow during this time. As Brother Alex testified last week, Lord, that we'd come through this better than when we started. And Lord, we need that by faith. So Lord, increase our faith. I thank you for the visitors being here today, and I thank you, dear God, uh, for salvation. I thank you for saving me as an 11 and a half year old son of a drunk that had nothing to offer anyone. And God, I trusted you and you saved me and my life's never been the same. Lord, I thank you for heaven. I didn't want to go to hell when I got saved and I still don't want to go to hell. And Lord, I know I'm going to heaven by faith and that I can live with heavenly peace, joy, and purpose by faith. So Lord, give someone faith this morning to trust you as their personal Savior. And give all of us faith to be witnesses in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank the Lord. You know, I even miss the nursery. Don't you miss Tony? I really miss the nursery. Praise God. I know she misses the nursery, but amen. And I want you workers to get ready. We will have a nursery again someday. Someday. Amen. Somebody said, well, we just ought to shut it down and all be together. That's that's because you ain't holding three kids. Amen. But anyway, uh, verse 8 uh, says that by faith, and then all through this chapter, by faith, by faith, by faith. Christians were called believers before they were called Christians. Can somebody say, you're a believer. The only way you got in was uh, believing. Look at John 3.18. This is for the lost this morning. John 3.18. Are y'all praying? John 3.18. The Bible says this. He that believeth on him, look at it now, King James Bibles, you can't beat it. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath, now, he, he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, friend of mine, if you go to hell, it's not because you didn't work enough or you didn't join a Baptist church or any other denomination, it's because you didn't put your faith and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can somebody that's saved say amen? amen. And you have to say it a little louder now so I can hear it. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if you're, you're whining or smiling or frowning, but anyway, thank God for the truth that folks' unbelief is the only sin that will send you to heaven. Uh, hell. It's the only sin that will send you to hell. Unbelief. Uh, you say, well, I got this, 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 and this. Don't worry about all that. Look, just just get, get right with God by getting saved. Repent of your sins. Turn to Him and trust Him as Lord of your life, Savior of your life, and He will save you because He's not prejudiced. He loves you just as much as He loves me. Say amen. And so the bottom line, people are going to hell because they do not believe. People are going to heaven because they do believe. And folks, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith. 
And he expects us, once we get saved by faith, to live by faith, uh, to go on by faith, to be faithful by faith, to obey by faith. Oh, Abraham, he was 75 years old. Don't that give hope for all of us? Amen. Nobody in this room is past 75. I know. Uh, I don't think. I know a couple have, but I ain't going to tell you who they are. But uh, they don't look it. They don't act it. And uh, they live like they're just kids, amen, in the faith. And folks, I want to tell you, he was 75 years old, and he was a pagan. He, he was an idolater. I'll never forget one time uh, Brother Rusty uh, Laverne was preaching a long time ago, and he said that a the, the, uh, fellow was an idolater. He meant idolater, amen, uh, idolater. And if you are an idolater, you are an idolater, amen. And folks, he lived in the palace or place called Ur of Chaldees. And I won't tell you what they worship. The moon. They were, they were heathens. 75 years old, he began his adventure of faith. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, the Bible tells us exactly uh, how he got saved uh, by faith. It wasn't by works. It wasn't by keeping the law. It wasn't by joining the church. It's by faith. By faith he got saved. Uh, the Bible says in um, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, talking about Abraham, and it counted it to him for righteousness. Did you see that? Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 says, And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord. Not just about the Lord, as Brother Jason has already referred to, but believed in the Lord. And he, and he counted it to him for righteousness. So you don't have to get right enough to be saved. You just need to realize that he took your sin on the cross of Calvary and you can take his righteousness because you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Thank God. Folks, Abraham uh, started his adventure at 75 years of age. He probably had a great job or at least a great farm or ranch or whatever. He had a beautiful wife, family. He lived in this country all his life and he never seen where God had called him. He didn't know how long it was going to take to get there. He didn't know how long he was going to stay once he got there. He didn't know how he was going to get there. And he didn't know what was going to happen when he did get there. But by faith, by faith, he heard the voice of God and stepped out by faith. I want you to see about four or five things that I'm going to preach on one of them tonight. I'm going to be preaching on uh, the trial of your faith and how to have faith in when the devil tries to knock it out of you. And I hope you'll tune in at 6 o'clock. But uh, first of all, I want you to see several principles this morning on how you can fortify your faith. Number one, the voice principle. The voice principle. Um, you need to hear from God. Say amen. We need to hear from God. I'm glad we can hear the Word of God. Look at verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called, underline that word, called, <clears throat> to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Now, I want to tell you something. Uh, he had a submissive wife, say amen, that she said, I don't know where we're going, how long we're going to stay, how we're going to get there, but we're going because God told us to. Amen. And she went with him. And so he heard the voice of God. How do you hear the voice of God? Through eating... Uh, uh, whopper meal at 11.30 at night and having visions all night. One lady one time uh, she was serious as a heart attack and I didn't know she was serious when she called so I thought she was just joking but she said last night I had this vision in my dream of this monster. He had green eyes and he had 17 uh, legs and claws and Fangs and fire was coming out of his mouth. And he, she said, as serious as a heart attack, Brother Wayne, what does that mean? Well, I was in one of my moods. And I said, I'll tell you what that means. It means if you see that thing, run. And uh, she didn't like that. She thought, uh, I, I didn't know she was serious. And I really didn't. Folks, we can't trust visions. We can't trust dreams. And we can't trust everybody else's word. But I won't tell you what we can trust. God's Word. 1,500 years, 44 different authors, 66 different books, and not one contradiction. Every minute detail about his birth, his death, his life has come true to the minute detail. Micah chapter uh, 5 verse 2, maybe 9 verse 2, uh, 
said he'd be born in Bethlehem, and God used taxes to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. How about that? 912 years later, they're going to Bethlehem. Didn't live there, but they had to go there to pay taxes. Amen, Miss Stephanie. One good thing come out of taxes. Amen. Plus your job and Cody's job. But I want to say this. Thank God that the Bible is the Word of God. Say amen. And you can get saved trusting this book because God's calling you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. How many believe that? Say amen. Now I want you to turn to Genesis real quick. Genesis chapter 12. I feel a series coming on, so don't panic. I'll have you out of here at 12 o'clock sharp. We've had short services. You said, well, that's why I'm just going to stay at home and stay in my pajamas. No, I'm glad you came because, friend, I want to tell you something. It's worth the trip. Just encourage me. Amen. If nobody else. And uh, just, uh, just be careful. Amen. Don't share little Debbie's while you're here. Amen. So, Brother Vinny, I didn't mean to say that. But anyway, listen, listen to this. Genesis chapter 12, please. And I'll, I'm going to read. No, I ain't got time. Verses 1 through 25. We will not do it. But I want to tell you something. 1 through 20. It's a good thing I'm not reading 25. And uh, you'll notice the phrase, the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to him. The Lord, the word of the Lord came to him. But I want you to notice in um, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, what God said to Abraham. Just, I'll just read the first three verses. You with me now? How many has got your Bible? Say amen. And you're turning to Genesis 12. That's how you'll get faith. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, there's that voice of God, Get thee out of thy country, and from the kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that, I want you to circle these two words, or underline it, or highlight it in yellow. I will show thee. Notice the word I will, phrase. And then it said in verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now look at verse 3. And here it is again. Circle it, underline it, highlight it. If you're in the habit of marking your Bible, if not, just note it. It says, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And you know it's been true, and thank God for it. Folks, in the lineage of Jesus. But I want you to know, friend, God said, I will. And I will say this. God says he'll save you, he'll save you. If God says he'll sustain you, he'll sustain you. If God says he'll lead you, he'll lead you. If God says he'll never leave you or forsake you, believe me, he'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm secure in Jesus, amen. I'm thankful for the relationship. I'm going to tell you this. I'm not Baptist as a religion. I'm a Baptist because of a relationship. You need to have a relationship. Religion will never make you anything but miserable. You ever been religious and lost? A lot of people are. But I want you to look at Genesis chapter 11 and verses 1 through 4. It said, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, and they found a plain in the land of Sychar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, They're trying to build a tower to heaven. Isn't that just like men? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. They're going to build a tower of Babel to heaven. And that's just like man trying to get, their, get to heaven by their own little works or big works. And he said one to another, go to, and I want you to circle these two words, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly, thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, and here it is again, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us, there it is again, make us a name, lest we scatter abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a big difference in chapter 11 and chapter 12. Chapter 11 is man's works trying to get to heaven. Chapter 11 is let us. Um, I want to tell you what chapter 11 is. It's humanism. It's I'm my own God. I can, do, I can build my own life. I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. And I can be self-sufficient. God help you. You'll never be self-sufficient enough to go to heaven. You're not good enough. There's not a ladder to heaven. There's a cross to heaven. Amen. There's not a religion to heaven. There's a lamb to go 
to go to heaven. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Say amen. Whoo, man, I'm glad I'm saved. Now, how do you hear the voice of God? Well, first of all, you pray. You pray and you listen. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible tells us how we can pray and have a guaranteed answer. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we have asked anything according to His will, He heareth us. He heareth us. 1 John 5, 4. Just go to Revelation and shift back a little bit. Uh, 14, 5, 14. Now look at verse 15. And we know that He heareth us, but whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that He desires of us. Now folks, the key thing is according to His will. Now how do you know God's will? Well, I'll tell you how you know God's will. You pray about it. And I want to tell you something. You get out of God's will, the Holy Ghost will check you. He'll stop you. He'll redirect you. Has, has God ever done that for you? Say amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. We know God's will by praying, by praying. And uh, then second of all, we know God's will by, by studying and knowing the Son, God's Son. Look at Hebrews again. And I want you to go to chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. How many love the Word of God? Say amen. amen. And uh, Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and 2. God said this, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. That's good that God used Abraham to bring in the prophets. But look at verse 2. Hath in these last days. How many believe we're in the last days? Say amen. Good night. Just look at the news. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, folks, God help us to realize his words, God's word. And, folks, Jesus spoke to us, and Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God, the will of God, and we can pray believing that it's God that's directing us. God's calling us. God's speaking to us. Hey, have you heard from God lately? Have you woke up this morning and heard from God? Are you, are you thinking, well, maybe I'll get this message over with about 12 o'clock, get out of here, and go watch some sports? They're not on, so don't get your hopes up. But I'll tell you this, thank God you can hear from God's Word and God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you through prayer, through His Son, and then through His Word. And through His Word, the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 real quick. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Just trying to lay a foundation for this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The Bible says this, Now thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God, which always calls us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be to God. We have an inspired and errant word from God. This is inspired, this is inerrant, and this is preserved. If it's not, I'm going home. If it's not, I'm not going to preach another day. If I don't have the Word of God to preach, then what am I doing up here? It's not the Word of, of the pastor. It's not the Word of a prophet. It's the Word of God. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. I have not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for them that love God. Love God. Folks, we must hear from God and obey and walk in the light that God gives us, and He'll give us more light. It's step by step. It's day by day. And so, folks, number one, there's a call of faith. And then number two, there's a venture of faith. Look at verse 8, back in our text, Hebrews 11. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, say the next word with me class, obeyed. Say it again, obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he went. Folks, I want you to know there's a venture, and there's that adventure. You know, people are always looking for all the gusto they can get in this world. They're looking for the next adventure. Uh, the industry that's hurt most is the amusement industry. Walt Disney's is, is shut down last time I checked. Lake Winnipesoka is shut down last time I checked. The Atlanta Braves are shut down last time I checked. And folks, listen. Um, 
God help us to realize that this world is full of amusement. The word amusement comes from two words, amuse, amuse. It means don't think. People are just looking for adventure. They're looking for a thrill. They're looking for a spill. They're looking for the next adventure. Um, every time I go over to South Africa, um, Mark wants me to jump off this bridge. It's the highest bungee jump in the world. Brother Kevin, you went down it. God bless you. I thought you were smarter than that. But anyway, uh, and uh, jump off that bridge. Miss Corley, have you jumped off that bridge? Yeah? Shake your little head? Yes. Okay, good. Boys, y'all not old enough yet, but y'all probably going down it. Yeah, y'all shaking your head. But they'll go, down, they'll go over it. That's the world's biggest adventure. And I want to tell you something. When I get 80, I'll jump off of it. Not until then. And I won't tell you why. Because I believe God called me home about halfway down. <laughs> See, I'm not really afraid of this virus. I'm respecting it. And, and if it's ever been personal, it's personal to me. So I'm being very careful. But I won't tell you something. I'm afraid that I'm going to have a heart attack from eating so much. Amen. We have seven birthdays in June in our family. And you know what I like on every birthday party? Whether they come or not, I'm going to have it. Homemade ice cream. <laughs> Amen. I love it. I just love it. A little cake on the side, then a little more cake on the side. Amen. And a full meal before that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, life is just much more than amusement. It's much more than eating. Isn't it amazing that we'll eat lunch and then we'll look at our wives and say, what's for supper? I mean, we live from meal to meal, don't we? Come on, say amen. That's the truth. We start planning ahead on everything. But we're going to plan ahead what will satisfy us. And folks, our responsibility is not to totally understand, but readily obey. Can I repeat that? We can't trace God. We must trust Him. Amen. We can't figure out all this. I tell you what, this virus, if you thought, if anybody would have predicted this for this year, 2020, greater vision of Him, I'd have said, and we're going to have four or five months where we can't even meet, and we can't go to the store. And we can't, and, we, and the Braves are going to shut down. God help us, the world's come to the end if the Braves shut down. And it's been an unusual year. But I believe there's something that ought to come out of this is that we hear God's voice and we obey His voice. It's one thing to hear, but it's another thing to obey. You can hear your mama, but you better obey her. Say amen right there. Praise God. And so, folks, we ought to step out after we hear the voice of God into the venture of God's will, the most exciting life. I was thinking about it today when I got up, the privilege I have to pastor this church. Amen. I mean, you can say amen if you want to. But, I mean, it's just a privilege that I get to preach the Word of God. Brother Jason, I was working on electricity Friday. I said, I'm glad I'm not an electrician. We'll leave that to Salvador. I mean, we was about to blow the whole place up. Amen. We, and, and nothing worked out. I mean, usually Jason's really good at it, but we missed it on this one, you know. And I think it's uh, bad equipment, not bad installer. But uh, I thought, praise God, I'm glad I don't do this every day. I'm glad I don't dig ditches, not comparing electrician to dig, digging ditches. I'm glad I don't fix air conditioners. Somebody called me up yesterday and said, I need an air conditioned man. Uh, I'm glad I don't just do anything, but I can preach the Word of God. But I want to tell you something. Whatever you do, it's divine work when you put God in the middle of it. No matter what you do, what career you have, where you work, what meal, whatever, when you take God to work with you, you are a divine instrument of God. And I know you're putting food on the table and you don't like your job, but I want to tell you something. Where God's placed you is for a reason. And He wants you to be a witness. And folks, it's wonderful to live by faith. I'll never forget 42 years ago when Connie and I came to this town for the first time on Thanksgiving Eve, 1977. And I'm, uh, no, I think it was, thanks, yeah, it was Thanksgiving Eve. And I mean, uh, or it was the day after Thanksgiving, excuse me, on Friday. And J.C. Penney's in Bryman's Plaza was packed. And I thought, glory to God, there's a lot of people here who need Jesus. And God spoke to my heart. Then we went up on the mountain when, the, when it got dark. And we looked over the lights and wept and prayed over maybe your house. I was scared to death. 
I've never pastored a church before. I was 27 years old and I had a full head of black hair. And no sense under the hair, my wife said. No, anyway. And I remember a couple of months later, we loaded up in a cattle truck. Carson Sands lent it to us. We came to Dalton with my velour gold settee, couch, my lava lamp. I said, so I'm just going to tell you how long ago it was. And we unpacked everything in a little old apartment up here in West Crawford Street. And folks, I remember we met the uh, landlord, and she became our first secretary. And, uh, he, he was a state trooper. He's in heaven now. And he became our first organist. And we met in that little upstairs room, put a blunt, bl uh, board over the uh, heater. It was a steam heater from the basement. And we put a, 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 put a sheet over it. And everybody came to our altar, got warmed up. Had a little old lady play the piano, and all she could play was Amazing Grace, and we sang Trust is Obey to the tune of Amazing Grace. Victory in Jesus, Amazing Grace. It was pathetic. We had uh, uh, 29 in Sunday school and 42 in church the first week. Bruce and Connie got saved. I mean, they came down that aisle of five feet, four or five rows of metal chairs, and I said, thank God that God's called me to live by faith. I took every bit of my savings and invested it in the move. And think it was only $1,700, so it was a great sacrifice. That's all we had. And I want to tell you something. I would not redo that a second. I wouldn't take the biggest church in America. I wouldn't candidate for a church uh, that could pay me great money for those days when I had to step out by faith and just obey God and come to Dalton, Georgia. I'm not bragging on anybody, but the Lord leading two young people. We were young then, Miss Connie. Woo, we, you're still young. But I mean, it, 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 it's been a lot of years. And I thought to myself, no regrets. I wish I'd done better. And I'll agree with Dr. Lee Robinson right before he died. Dr. Clarence Sexton asked him, he says, what would you say about your life? What would be your request? He said, I wish I'd had more faith, is what he said. Lee Robinson. Said, I wish we'd have had more faith. And so, folks, you have it. If you have a faith problem, it's probably because you've got an obedient problem. Folks, obedience is better than sacrifice, the Bible says. And, folks, the more you obey, the more faith you get. It's one step at a time, it's one day at a time, it's one act of obedience after another. What's God telling you this morning? You say, Well, I would get saved, but I'm scared I can't live it. I can't live it either. But Christ lives it through me. I get saved, but I don't know about the future. But I'll tell you one thing. If you get saved, you will know about the future. You can go into heaven instead of hell. <clears throat> and you can have peace and joy and purpose during times like these. Folks, in times like this, we need a Savior. And we don't need to hear Him and have that voice of faith. But we need to have that venture of faith. <clears throat> Obey. And then... Thirdly, and I'll probably stop here and continue tonight, and y'all can listen to me in your pajamas, but I want you to look at, uh, thirdly, in verse 9, the Bible says this, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, because he'd never been there, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promises. I want you to notice three words, dwelling in tabernacles. Abraham lived in a tent. <clears throat> he was very rich. He had all the cattle and all the uh, sheep that he wanted probably. <clears throat> he gave it all up to obey God. You must establish priorities in your life. If we had all the seniors here, and we're going to have senior night as soon as we all get back together. But I want to tell you something, folks. I would say... If you want to have a life that's worth living, make Christ Lord of your life. Holy priorities. Folks, he dwelled in tents. He didn't have much, but what he had was eternal. And folks, the song that I love is, The world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. We are pilgrims. Folks, wrong priorities will drain your faith. Because you live for feelings. <clears throat> hey, listen, you live for finances. 
You live for others. You live for yourself. And folks, you live for this world, and this world's about to come down. Now, folks, if you've never believed this before, you ought to believe it now. This world has not got it together. Justice, truth, everybody's looking for it. Can't find it. But I want to tell you something. Peace and love, they can't find it. Hey, what, why don't we try this? Forgiveness. They can't find it. People ought to forgive each other. Amen? And folks, I want to tell you something. We see it day in and day out. Wrong priorities draining the life out of this country. It's all about what we want. And what a what will bless us. Well, what about God? God created this world. God created you. And God created the United States of America, one nation under God. And I'll tell you why we're in such a mess. Because the priority is self. The priority is what's good for me. The priority is what pads my pocket. We have an entitlement age where everybody's looking for a free handout. And everybody's looking for a free job. And I want to tell you something, friend, God help us. We need to realize we're citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20, and we're just passing through. The Bible warns about friendship with the world. It's enmity toward God. That means when you're a friend of the world, oh, listen now, when you're a friend of the world, you're on the wrong side. You wonder why God don't give you faith. Why would God give faith to his enemy? Why would God give anything to anyone that loved the world more than they loved God? Folks, I want to tell you something. Some people's God is gold. Some people's God is their world that they live in. Some people's God is their home, their job, their family. None of that should come before God. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have anything. Say amen. So remember, you need to know the will of God. But to know the will of God, you need to know the mind of God. What is the mind of God? We'll turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. All of you memorize this verse, but it's good to look at it once in a while. Romans 12, 1 and 2. The Bible says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. When I first, this verse changed my life. The night that F.M. Davis was preaching on a Sunday night at Wesley Hills Baptist Church. He was dying of cancer. Listen to me now. Stay awake. He was dying of cancer. And he was pale as a ghost. And when he got up, he, he, he turned blood red in his face. And God gave him energy and strength to preach this message. I was sitting on the back row minding my own business and minding everybody else's business. And I want to tell you something. God got a hold of my heart when he preached this verse. By the mercies of God. That you present your body a living what? Sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But I want you to notice verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I give you a truth in verse 2? You'll never know the will of God until you're separated. Until you're a friend with God more than the world. Folks, you'll never know the will of God until you have the mind of God. And the Bible says that you need to be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You prove it means you live it. You want to prove God faithful? Then obey. You want to prove God faithful? Then love God more than you love the world. Hey, folks, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people shape and mold their life according to Hollywood. God help have you have you noticed how they're doing lately? Have you noticed their marriages lately? Have you noticed what they're endorsing lately? Everybody was all upset because they're going to leave Atlanta and Savannah uh, because we uh, were trying our best to um, uh, stop uh, homosexuals adopting babies. And we was trying our best to uh, stand against the LBTG, whatever that is, movement. And they said, well, if you ain't going to stand for that, we're going to take our movies back to California. You know what I said? Go ahead. And don't come back. But some people say, oh, no, that's money. We're going to lose money. That's your God. That's why you're upset about it. 
and we're going to lose our, our movies. And folks, listen, I want to tell you something. If you're conformed, conformed to Hollywood, it'll squeeze you out of the will of God. It'll drain you from the will of God and the faith of God. Hey, Bank of America, General Motors, Ford, football, baseball teams, fashion designers, all try to mold us and conform us to their image. And folks, you'll never understand the will of God. You'll never live by faith if you live for this world. Abraham had this testimony. I heard you. I'm obeying you. And now I'm living in a tent. But I'll still build my altars because I believe you're the living God. His nephew wasn't as smart or wasn't as yielded. Lot gravitated towards the world. And you know the rest of the story. He lost his wife. He lost his girls. They committed incest with him. And the greatest enemies of Israel was raised through, those, through that seed. And folks, I want to tell you, he lost it all. And folks, he wondered why he couldn't hear from God. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you lean towards Sodom, you won't hear from God. If you want to go be worldly, you won't hear from God. I want to ask you a question. What is your goals in your life? What about the character of your children? Would you leave your job for less pay uh, or stay with your job for less pay so your children could stay in this church? About 20 years ago, we used to have two little boys sit on this front row. And their daddy was very involved in this ministry. And he was all excited about the ministry and about this church. And he came to me one time and he said, hey, I'm moving to Knoxville in two weeks. I said, why? He said, because I've been offered a great salary with my company. And he moved off and he lost those boys to the world. He lost those boys to the devil. Now, which one was more important? Folks, our goal should be not to be rich and famous, but to be godly and pure. Can somebody say amen? amen. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What things? Things you need. Like height and strength and food and raiment. Just read Matthew 6 sometimes. This world consists more, of thing, more than things and money. But folks, listen. Is your goal to be rich and famous or to be godly and pure? And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, For without faith it's impossible to please God. I want to tell you the very reason you exist. I want to tell you the very reason you're going to see another birthday. I want to tell you the re very reason that you have a brain strong enough to, uh, wise enough to do right and strength to get out of bed and brush your own teeth, put on your own socks. I want to tell you the reason that God has blessed you to please Him. To please Him. God didn't call you to this world to please your little old self. God called you to this world to please Him. And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith it's impossible to please God. And we need to realize that for he that cometh to God, that's, that's prayer. Verse 6, look at it. Must believe that what? He is. He is. Now listen to this. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek fame, fortune, world, reputation. No, seek him. And so, folks, let me just end with this. I got about five points, and I'll give you the rest of them tonight. But there ought to be a voice of faith. You ought to listen. There ought to be a venture of faith. You ought to obey. And then there ought to be a value principle in your life. You ought to not count this world as home, but you realize you're passing through. And folks, this is a preparation for eternity. And why waste your life investing everything in these 70 years or 80 or 90 for some of us, I hope, and forget eternity? Folks, you're going to live forever and ever in eternity. And folks, I want to tell you something, the wrong priorities will drain you. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Tonight, I'll talk to you and pray with you and preach to you that we ought to have a value 
And that value ought to be that we love God more than we love the world. And then we ought to have a vision that one day we're going to be in heaven. And we're going to give account of our faith. We're going to give account of our faithfulness. And folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest adventure of life is when you have that pioneer spirit and every day you just live for His glory. And you live to please Him. And you live to get souls saved. And you live to see people turn their life over to God. And you live a life that's abundant and peaceful and powerful and real and lasting and forever. Let me ask you a question. If you died tonight, and I guarantee you won't these days, do you know that you go to heaven? I mean, you ought to be 100% sure you know that you're going to heaven. And if you live tomorrow, Monday morning's rough, isn't it? Have to go to that place and work all day, get there early, stay there late. But you know tomorrow that no matter what you're doing, where you're at, God will bless you with His presence, His peace, His joy, His purpose, and even His power. And folks, how do you get in on that life? By faith. By faith. See, there's a first step of faith before you're on the venture of faith. You must trust Him as your personal Savior. There must be a time in your life where you admit you're a sinner and realize He's the Savior and call upon Him because He called at Calvary. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He called you to be saved. He's calling you to be safe. He's calling you to heaven. Don't go to hell. Don't live beneath your God-given privilege, missing God's will, God's peace, God's purpose. Don't miss the will of God. Live by faith. It all starts by being saved by faith. Let's pray. Father, use this introduction to the message God, I thank you, dear Lord, that we can have holy goals and we can have holy aspirations. Lord, we can have this um, faith that Abraham had and that we can step out by faith and listen to your voice softly and tenderly calling us, come home, come home. Lord, thank you, dear God, for the venture of faith that we're in the will of God. Uh, we can be blessed to be a blessing. And God, thank you for the value of faith that we don't have to live for this old world that is totally crazy and falling apart. This world system's anti-Christ. Everything is, is so vicious today, so dark and dismal and so violent, so wicked. And Lord, I pray to God we wouldn't just live for this world, but we'd live for the next. And realize by faith we can be pilgrims just passing through, going to heaven, living for your glory. What a blessing. What a life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, have me say, preacher, this morning, I remember the day by faith I trusted the Lord as my Savior. I didn't know all about what I was getting into, but I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew he was a Savior and that he died for me. And three days later he arose from the dead. And I trusted the Lord as my Savior. And I have no regrets of the life that he has given me from that day forth. I know I'm saved. Would you lift your hands as a happy testimony? You know you're saved all over this place. How many know for sure would you say amen? Praise God. Isn't it great to be saved and safe in the hands of God during a time like this? The old song says in times like this, we need a Savior. I agree. Several cannot raise your hand. I'm not trying to point you out. I'm not trying to uh, condense in and say, I'm better than you. I'm just saved. And I love you enough to give an invitation. And I do this every time I preach. But you need to be saved by faith. By the grace of God through faith. And you say, preacher, this morning, I listened to the message. And I realized something's missing. That I'm not satisfied with this world. And I don't want to live for this world. I don't want to die for this world. I want to be saved. 
I want you to please pray for me. I won't come to you and embarrass you. Anyway, Christians, please pray. But I want you to preacher to pray for me that I be saved before it's too late. Would you slip your hand up high and then back down? I'll not come to you, not embarrass you. I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Yes, sir, I see that hand. Anybody else? We're praying for you, and I'm about to pray for you. I promised I would. Anybody else? Don't let pride send you to hell. Don't let pride cause you to bend a knee to the world and live for this old corrupt, soon passing away world. Don't let pride do it. Just humble yourself and say, I need to be saved. Anyone else? Religion is not enough. Self-righteousness is not enough. You must be born again. Anyone else? Have me say, preacher, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer, but I need more faith. I sometimes live by my feelings. I sometimes live by my finances, and I live by my focus of other, what other people are doing. And I know that God's called me to live by faith, and I want to do that as a Christian, as a believer. And please, I want to reach others by faith that are lost and going to hell. And I want you to pray for me this morning. Would you slip your hand up? I for a humble prayer. God bless you. You know you need more faith to reach your family. Good night. They're searching, aren't they? They're searching. They're so empty. Oh, they're so empty. And they're grasping at straws when they could have Jesus as their Savior. God wants you to be the best Christian they know. Father, thank you for the conviction wrought by the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the Word of God. Thank you for everyone here, Lord. This is no accident. You brought these people in here to get under conviction to be saved. And God, you brought us back to the house of God. You brought us to um, uh, the YouTube channel and the Facebook channel to get under more conviction about our faith. Our faith. So God, help us. <laughs> God, please help me. Sometimes I live by my feelings. Sometimes I get depressed because I'm living by the focus of, of this world. I turn on the news and there's nothing good happening, it seems. Oh, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, I pray that you save this young man that raised his hand. God, that he'd have enough courage to come to this front row and we'll show him in the Bible how to be saved. Trust you as their personal Savior. Lord, I was about his age when I got saved, and I thank God for that day. It changed my whole life. I got to reach my daddy for the Lord and reach others, and I even got to start this church many years ago. God, it's been a wonderful life. It's been a wonderful life. If you take me home this week, I can say it's been a wonderful life of living for you. So, Lord, thank you for saving me. And I pray that you save those that need to be saved this very morning.